And before we finish up for the weekend here on the muster, it is rumoured our next guest was going to do a duet with um, Wayne Brown entitled Ebony and Ivory. Um, this is to be confirmed. The angry man in the white van, Paddy Lewis, good afternoon. Can you confirm or deny these rumours? It was it was a song to the tune of Ebony and Ivory called Drongos and Halfwits. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Um, how are you, Patrick? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? I oh, can't really complain. Another warm day in the south, but a little bit of rain happening around the province, which is a good thing. Now, a little pl- uh, not a little place, but a big place getting a lot of rain at the moment is Auckland. Uh, Monday, quite a bit unfolding there. Yeah, well, we, uh, we we heard all about Auckland over the weekend, didn't we? But the one of probably the, the main takeaway for me was that I've discovered now that the, um, our very, um, what we call them, our very... Uh, easily triggered media uh, think that the word drongo is derogatory, so it's right up there with the C word and the and the F word and everything else, uh, according to them. But um, I thought uh, that Mr. Brown um, probably summed up the mainstream media quite well with his use of it. Uh, I just think people kind of we're a wee bit provincial in New Zealand, and we just need to realise that. While a mayor can sign off bits of paper, there's actually people on the ground who um, should be doing the work. And I and I know from my experience in, in local government and civil defence emergencies that we didn't ever wait for the mayor to come and declare a state of emergency um, because you just had to go and get things done. So I think people need to be... I mean, while Wayne Brown didn't cover himself in glory... No, he didn't. I think people need to realise that he isn't the guy with the buckets and the and the diggers and the ambulances, um, and probably have a look at the the response of uh, Auckland uh, Civil Defence Emergency Management. And he's a guy without charisma as well. Let's be perfectly frank. I mean, having to come out and do an apology with he just didn't show much nouts at those uh, press conferences, though, did he? Well. Uh, Auckland's renowned for its belligerent, uh, belligerent, um, belligerent uh, personality free zone. So, yeah. Tuesday, we had the reshuffle in the cabinet with our new Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins. It feels really funny saying that. <laughs> yeah, so we've got now got 25 ministers, so 20 in cabinet, five outside cabinet. Then we've got the two green ministers for family and sexual violence prevention, which seems to be going really well. And, uh, of course, your old mate, James Shaw, on climate change. And then we've got uh, one undersecretary to support the new uh, Minister of Education, who used to be a school principal, so we all know how that's going to go. But really, 28... 28... We're we're not that big a country. You know, we've got a minister for Auckland. Well... When's Balfour going to get its own minister? Balfour's probably more in need of a minister than bloody Auckland is. No, I think um, the land of maroon and gold's checking along quite nicely, thank you. <laughs> but the, the the main thing was that the reshuffle, there was a lot of discussion about how uh, badly that the... Um, badly that the Maori caucus had been treated by the reshuffle, but in reality... You've got Willie Jackson shooting up the ranks and Kerry Allen up there too. So really the biggest loser was Penny NRA, who lost defence. And I think, you know, it could be a clever move by Hipkins to try and shore up support for the Maori party if uh, if he's looking for a coalition partner. But 
really, it was, you know, um, shuffling the deck chairs a wee bit at this time of year. Paddy, the diesel excise tack on Wednesday, um, after Grant Robertson came out saying, no, 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 this this is definitely coming off and not, we're not doing this. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it's going to cost $718 million, and, um, and really it was quite funny because uh, Robertson, um, straight away when he was asked why it had been done um, after he said it wouldn't be done in December, he threw the Prime Minister right under the bus and said, we've got a new Prime Minister. I mean, there's no responsibility taken by any of these guys. Exactly what Michael Wood said on television this morning. Exact same response. Yeah, yeah they're just... And, and so this is, you know, the Labour Party's well known for eating their own, but... Um, it was funny that the economists all came out straight away and said, look, this is just tax cuts for the rich because, and they've crunched the numbers and shown that, you know, over the course of, I can't remember whether it was a year or, or a tank of gas, um, that, you know, rich people would get uh, three times as much benefit as uh, as those on the poverty line. And um, obviously, you know, it gave the Greens a chance to have a whinge about how, at a time when Auckland, well, parts of Auckland are underwater, um, the government is once again supporting the use of fossil fuels. So, yeah, one of those things, blatant, blatant pork barrelling, but also they got a bit of a kicking at the same time. Thursday, we had a lobbyist to run for Beehive. His name is Andrew Curtin, who um, is well known to people, more infamous than anything. Yes, the old uh, Andrew Curtin, who was in charge of... Uh, in charge of Labour at um, the time of the... He was the General Secretary of Labour at the time of the uh, infamous summer camp scandal in 2017. But, again, this is... You know, we've Transparency International, who I hope uh, none of our listeners donate any money to them because they don't do their job very well, said that we're the second least corrupt country on earth. But this is, once again, another... This is the third lobbyist and friend of... The leader of the of the Labour Party, who's been put into this role as uh, as chief of staff, and uh, you know, Curtin has as soon as he was appointed, he deleted all his his previous employment history and everything like that off his social media and off his LinkedIn account and everything like that. So it's not very transparent. And just finally, uh, Erica Stanford, her father's been stuck in one of these high-rise buildings with where the lifts are out, but this has been quite a problem, especially around the North Shore by the sounds of it. Well, I, I, I had to have a, a laugh about this because you, and, you know, poor old Mr Stanford, but, um, the you know, everyone goes on about how they want their MPs to do things, and MPs say, look, these are all the things that I've done in my electorate and everything like that. Your dad's been stuck because his lift is, was flooded. He's been stuck there for a week. What's she doing as the local MP? I mean, really? Come on. <laughs> Put your finger out. Erica's not too bad. There's worse MPs in Parliament, let's be honest. That's, that's true. Patrick, love your work. Go and work on that harmony for next week, and um, yeah, we'll catch up with you then. Appreciate your time. Right, mate. Laugh out loud with Ag Proud, because life on the land can be a laughing matter. Laugh out loud with Ag Proud. Brought to us by Livestock Supplies. We squint at the sun because it is bright. We squint at people because they are not. Not bad, that. That is the muster for the week. Uh, we've got Monday off because of Waitangi Day. We'll be back on Tuesday here on the muster. 
Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Master and Hokanui. Thanks for Peter Genetics. My name's Eddie Muir. See you on Tuesday. Enjoy the weekend.